Hello and welcome to Demystifying Wellness. We're your hosts, Laura Merkel and Dr. Jared Aguilar. And on today's episode, we're going to discuss two common healthcare models and how these models may influence how you choose practitioners. Let's get into it. Today, I want to start um, with a little story. I thought that might be nice, a little story time. Um, it's about me. <laughs> Who are you? Who am I? I'm Laura. Um, so we're going to start with a story. Um, when I was in college, um, the end of my sophomore year of college, um, so it would have been the spring, about a week before, oh, let me bring it back. I was a dance major in college. That's important to know. That's important to know. <laughs> so spring of my sophomore year as a dance major in college, um, it was the week before a big performance. In fact, the week before a, a month of performing, really, because um, I had a whole bunch of different performances coming up. Um, I was on stage rehearsing and landed funny uh, on my right ankle and sprained it. Um, And I was stubborn. And I, this was, like I said, I was coming up on a big month of performances. I had been working very hard all semester. And I made the decision not to go to the doctor. Um, It was a decision that, you know, I took a couple days to make it. I made sure that the pain that I was experiencing wasn't getting worse. Um, So once I realized that it wasn't quite getting worse, it was getting a little better, which is slowly, I decided I'm going to wait until after all my performances are over to see someone. Because I was like, if I go to a doctor, they're going to tell me I can't perform. And I'm just not going to listen to that if advice. You go to a physician. If I, yeah, if I went to like a physician, they would be like, you know what? You gotta, you're, gonna, you're not going to be able to perform in this show. You're going to have to take it easy. And I was just not prepared to do that. Um, and so I didn't. And then a month later, after <laughs> performing on a sprained ankle for a month, um, I finally went to an orthopedist just to make sure that I hadn't done any permanent damage. Um, I get into the orthopedist office. He looks at my ankle and he goes, yeah, it's actually healing up really nicely. Um, so you're good. And at the time I said, oh, uh, I'm, a prof- I'm like working on being a professional dancer. I have a big summer dance intensive, which was like a three week long workshop where I was going to be dancing every day for like eight hours. Um, later in the summer, I was like, I'd really love some physical therapy to make sure that I'm on my game. Did you specifically express that? Mm-hmm. I did specifically express that. And he said, nah, it's healing okay on its own. Like, you're good. And wouldn't give me the um, the referral, which, of course, at the time meant my insurance wouldn't have covered physical therapy. So we didn't, I didn't do that. Um, and so... You know, I'm fine. (laughs) I don't have, again, I don't have lasting damage from that Um, in terms of my ankle. My ankle healed okay. It was, um, but it was, it was a stressful time because sometimes sprains take a really long time to recover. And And you still feel some things in that ankle or is it the other ankle? No, it's the other ankle. That's another story. That's another story for another day. But, um, (laughs) 
but but no, I do. Um, I it took. I would say it was probably a good year before I felt really confident. Mm. Um, in that ankle, like confident that it wasn't gonna sprain again or I wasn't gonna. So during your performance, you weren't confident. Oh, not at all. What not at that? all. What was that like? I mean, I. You were able to perform, but you were not. I was able to perform. I did have to modify a couple things. Um, so like. There was this like jumping, turning motion that I just was, I was not sure that I was going to be able to safely take off or land. Mm -hmm. So I modified it into a turn on my other leg Mm -hmm. um, that didn't jump. Um, I, uh, in that particular performance, I had a lot of like prancing or like running Mm -hmm. motions. So I spent that whole week that I was... um, between the performance and the injury, um, just like trying to work that range of motion. So I was just moving my foot constantly in what felt safe and didn't hurt. Um, So I I was doing my own therapy. I was doing the best I could as a sophomore dance major. Like I, I knew enough about my body. I understood that if it didn't hurt, I could probably do it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I also, I also used some ACE bandages to compress it and um, yeah. and give it a little extra support. Um, so I, I wrapped it an, throughout the performances. You're a performance athlete, dancer. Mm-hmm. Your your community's used to performing with pain. So yes. This isn't something that's that was like new to you. Like okay. I, like, yeah, I've performed on other injuries. This was my first time with like a, a sprain. Normally, I was performing like normal injuries that I had experienced up until that point were more like. Um, you know, like strained muscles or, mm-hmm. um, I, I one time did a performance where I threw my shoe on, I had a quick change. I threw my shoe on and there were some safety pins in my shoe and I had to just, uh, scrunch my foot up so that the safety pins were under my arch Yikes. instead of under the ball of my foot. That's torture. That sounds horrible. Um, so like I've, you know, I, I've, I've, seen some I've done some things that I'm, that aren't ideal. Mm-hmm. We'll say. Um, the show must go on. Yeah. But that particular experience, um, I feel like in hindsight, it's really telling, right? Because yeah. it it tells you a lot about what my relationship with doctors up until that point had been like. That physicians. I didn't... Physicians. Sorry. Not all no. doctors, but yeah. but physicians. And, not, and we're not, we're not um, pointing blame at a certain group. No healthcare. We're just you're just telling a story about your interaction interacting with a certain physician. With a certain physician, I would say up until that point in my life, there were there were primarily the physicians I had experience with. Um, I would have expected to hear, "You can't perform if I had a sprain." Um, that has been your culturally. That was culture. what culturally yeah. what happened, and that's why a lot of. That's why a lot of performers and a lot of athletes, I think, perform on, perform and um, compete on injuries um, because they've, you know, you've been training for months and months and you don't want to throw that away. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the reason I tell this story, I don't, you know, don't feel bad for me. I'm fine. Um, <laughs> they had to amputate eventually. Yeah, no, I'm, yeah. I, I'll never walk again. Um, no, the, the reason I tell this story is because I think that it's a really good, um, illustration of, 
Um, the fact that there are, there are multiple models in how um, physicians and really any type of wellness practitioner, even, even like a trainer, can view um, the body, can view movement, and can, can connect with their, their patients or clients. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there, there are several different ways there are several different models, um, and we really today want to talk about two primarily. Yeah, the biomedical model and the biopsychosocial uh, model or approach, probably the two most popular ones right now, and, they, and they're usually pitted up against each other as, um, as a physical therapist. You hear that in school, and you've, we've definitely seen that in the research as uh, time progresses. Laura, what you've experienced... Um, that physician what state were y'all was that in new york was that in that was in rhode island that was in rhode island the northeast um and of course we can even see regional differences um in the way people talk about pain and injury as well um so that, that can be a lot of state dependent sometimes uh but to, to get to the point you experienced more of a a, a physician that uses a biomedical approach a biomedical um, approach means means that it's it's definitely more of a, a fix it culture meaning the focus is on the hospital on the physician on the doctor and they are the fixer and and they know best and it fails to take into account of your social emotional uh, emotional psychological environmental needs um, point being you specifically indicate you specifically told this physician hey I'm I am seeking more care. I'm seeking another avenue of health care because of this emotional, um, uh, social need. I'm a dancer. My identity, is, my identity is a dancer and I have to perform. I, I know I feel good enough to walk. Awesome. I know for a lot of patients out there, that's a huge win, but also my ankle needs to be um, ready to perform. And this yeah, performance can- aspect is where a, a physician that was uh, more of a biopsychosocial approach would have identified that, recognized your social emotional need for this, and would have re- referred you um, elsewhere to receive that the next level of training and care. Yeah, so I think we see this a lot, right? That um, it's kind of like the whole, well, if it hurts, don't do it type of, type of attitude. Um, and a lot of times, what in my experience it if when you see people who take a biomedical approach a lot of times for me that i that manifests in fear um so i was fearful of going to a doctor seeing any sort of professional about my ankle when really i could have it could have healed a lot faster right had i been able to get um treatment as soon as it happened if like in that first week when i sprained that ankle i was able to get into a physical therapist's office and start therapy that wasn't self-administered because again i was a student i was not i'm i still to this day i'm a fitness professional but i'm not a physical therapist i can't prescribe movement in that type of way um, so had I been confident that the medical community that I was a part of was going to um, was going to take my 
injury seriously and the fact that I had a goal of like, I need to be able to do these specific things at yeah. this time. Um, I may have, I, I may not have been, um, what do I want to say? I, I might not have had to take that long to heal. Um, because, because a lot of that healing isn't just physical. Um, you know, you're, you're trying to, to give the tissue time to heal, but I also had to build up the strength around that ankle, you know, to keep it strong. I also had to build up confidence again. Like I really didn't feel confident jumping and landing on a foot that I, an ankle that I had sprained. And if I had been able to be in an environment where I felt like it was safe, I had good guidance, I had someone who had my best interests at heart. And it's not to say that, that the physician that I saw didn't have my best interests at heart. I think they did. 100%. They, they just had a different, they just weren't taking into account the fact that I, um, I had needs outside of just... Purely biological factors. Yeah, outside of just the like ligament healing. Yeah. You know, like, yes, that's important. The ligament did need to heal. And I'm glad that he did that, those diagnostics and figured out that it was healing well on its own. But I had other needs outside of just the, the biological needs. And, um, and those didn't feel seen. And I know that it can be really hard for a lot of patients in healthcare and a lot of um, people like entering into fitness for the first time or for the first time in a while, or joining a new gym, where if you don't feel like you're being listened to or that your needs are being um, considered. Heard, yeah. It's, it's really difficult, and, it, and it, it causes fear, and it causes a loss of trust, I think. Like, I, I had a significant loss. I don't think I ever went to that physician again because I was like, I don't, I don't trust that you have my interests in mind. And the irony is this physician in particular was a sports medicine, like he was a sports mm-hmm. um, orthopedist. Mm-hmm. So he worked with, like he got praised in my town because he worked with all the football players. And, you know, I, there's part of me that's like, maybe he was not viewing dance as yeah. athletic as it is. Yeah. Maybe he was t- not taking me as seriously because I'm a woman or I'm, I was a young woman. There's so many factors. All valid. All but, valid but I think the, the the larger issue at hand was the bio, biomedical versus biopsychosocial. Yeah, certainly, certainly. Um, you know, who knows if he even viewed dance as a sport? Right? Exactly. Who knows what what even of? Because a follow up, a good follow up question that that physician could ask you is like, hey, what type of dance are you about to perform? Yeah. Like these are these are other questions. Well, and um, and you know, yeah. I can't expect that every physician is going to know what. Anything it's, about dance. Well, it's but, not even that they know. It's that you have you ask. You're yeah. aware enough to, to dive deep further. Or like what way. types of movements do you need to be able to do? Exactly. Perform them. Let's see if you can perform them. That would be a movement screen. Mm-hmm. Like that would, there, a movement screen wasn't performed on you. Yeah. Mm, sign. Tell, tell sign. Uh, yeah, just, just passive range of motion. Yeah. Was the, that was the extent of my movement screen where and he that's, was moving my ankle around. And that's all you were going to do on stage, right? Somebody's going to come and then move your ankle passively. Oh, yeah, that's, that's, that's dance. That's what I think dance is. <laughs> um, and to, to go over real quick uh, the definitions. So the biomedical model of health focuses purely on biological factors. 
is the ankle tissue, is it healed? Is the tissue healed? Awesome. Go out and do your sport. And excludes the psychological, environmental, and social influences. Uh, it's been the leading way that we've done medicine, healthcare in Western uh, countries for a while now. We compare that to the biocycle social model. Well, it's more of an interdisciplinary model that looks at the interconnection between biology, psychology, and the socio-environmental factors. Well, not to say that the bio- biomedical model was is all bad, right? Like that that was the prevailing model for yeah. a long time, and it got us a lot. Like it got us right. healthier overall. Right. None, and, of the, none of the models are inherently bad. They're just models. But it it does seem like the biopsychosocial model has is a little bit more um, like a, of a holistic approach. Yeah, that you're you're dealing with a whole human who has a lot of different factors. Another another example um, that might be more relatable for people who aren't dancers um, or performers is um, I've heard, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I've heard of doctors uh, like physicians, maybe even some physical therapists. Yeah. I don't know who have, who have um, told pregnant women not to lift more than twenty pounds. Yeah. And there's a lot to unpack there, but for a lot of pregnant women out there, they already have, they have other children and that need, they need to be like consoled, that need to be carried occasionally. And a toddler is going to weigh more than 20 pounds. So if you're telling somebody not to lift more than 20 pounds, you're not considering that they have a whole life outside of just being a pregnant person. Mm-hmm. You're not considering that maybe this person before they got pregnant was an Olympic weightlifter mm-hmm. and could lift hundreds of pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that makes a difference, right? Would you say? Yeah, totally. Totally. And I think more of a bio, and and I think that a biomedical approach does make sense in terms of liability, right? If you are a, if you are any type of wellness practitioner and you're like, well, I told them not to do that. That's not on me. You know, Mm -hmm. it's a little safer from a liability perspective. Yeah. Um, And I, so I can see the appeal from that perspective because you don't want a lawsuit on your hands. On the other hand, um acknowledging that you have patients that are going to do things whether or not you recommend them. (laughs) Maybe the approach, the more holistic approach would be to say, let's see how we can help you do this safely. We, yeah, we can talk, we can, that's a whole nother rabbit hole about what's safer and what's more, um, what's more causes more liability. That's a, that's a whole nother rabbit hole. Yeah. We don't, and we don't really have to get into that too much right now. Yeah. Um, but just the, just understanding, I think that, for me, it um, when I learned about these terms, biomedical and biopsychosocial, um, I feel like that was like that was like a light bulb moment. I was like, oh my gosh, so much makes sense now. This is why I really loved, you know, this um, this physician's assistant mm-hmm. as opposed to this other person. You know, like mm-hmm. I there because I have had. Um, you know, yoga instructors who took a more of a biopsychosocial approach because yeah. um, it's not just medicine. Um, 
So I think, I think like that was a big light bulb for me. And so now that is a way that I kind that I can filter out the people who are part of my healthcare team. Yeah. This is health and fitness, health and fitness. Um, and, and so I think, you know, I say this and I do understand that there are a lot of folks, especially in America, because we are, we have a very unique healthcare system in that sometimes your health insurance um, severely limits who you have access to. Maybe you can't afford to see, maybe you can't afford to get a second opinion. Um, but that's set, and hopefully we can see some structural changes. And that's another whole conversation that we'll, we'll come to another day. But I think as a, as a patient, as a client, um, it's good to have a, a basic understanding of these concepts because you can know right away, um, just based on the types of questions that you're asked um, about your condition or about your goals. Totally. Um, and it can, like, it can be really enlightening. And once you hear that, once you know these two models, you can, you can make an informed choice and you can say, you know, maybe this isn't the physician for me. Yeah, the questions your healthcare providers and coaches, trainers will ask you will, will be a dead giveaway of their <clears throat> mindset, the model, their approach that they take. What are some What are some questions that you think um, you want to be hearing? I think, it, well, kind of like to go back to your experience, there were so many questions that weren't asked. Yeah, and that's that's a flag. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I was in that that office, I would I would definitely be aware of that. Well, they didn't ask me about my sport. They didn't, mm-hmm. they just brushed off my emotional desire to feel confident in playing this sport when I, or this performance when I returned to it. Um, yeah, I think, that, I think that's, that's what's not said, and I, I can go and review some more. But um, definitely, it's a focus more on the, again, the biological factors only. Mm-hmm. And if, if, they're, if they're asking more about, all right, what about, so what do you do for work? What do you do for hobbies? Can you mm-hmm. perform these hobbies? You can't. Why can't you? And diving down deep. Mm-hmm. That. So it's just simply exploring those other avenues, those other factors. Um, that's the tell. And I think like, you know, a, an easy way to remember that is we're talking about biomedical, biology, medicine versus biopsychosocial. Are they asking questions about your biology, but also yeah. your social life, also your environment, your, home environment, life, your home life, all that stuff. Um, and, and I will just, one more note is to say that, like, I don't, I don't want any, I don't want this to be interpreted as, oh, well, my doctor didn't give me what I wanted. So they're not a good fit. Cause sometimes, you know, what, what we want is not what's best. Um, and so knowing that like we are deferring to an expert, mm-hmm. um, but that's why we can get second opinions. So you can say, if you leave, my general rule of thumb is if I leave and I feel more discouraged or more fearful than I did when I entered, then I know that that was not a good fit for I think, me. I think fearful is a is a is the be- the best word to use because sometimes you may be discouraged depending on the diagnosis and the condition. Yeah, but if, but if, if I'm feeling fearful of something that I'm used to doing, yeah, or if I'm feeling. Um, you've been fear monger too. If, if I feel like I haven't been heard. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. I think that's your tell. Um, 
if I feel like I've been, and, and especially in the fitness industry, if I feel like I've been sold to, yeah. if I feel like somebody's been trying to make me buy something without really listening to what I'm looking for, that's, that's a good tell as well. Totally. So, um, just kind of keeping that in mind and, and I don't, I don't ever want anyone to have to feel, you know, the way I felt coming out of that, that doctor's appointment where I just felt completely dismissed. You should never feel dismissed by people in your, in your healthcare circle. Preach. This has been another episode of Demystifying Wellness. We thank you for joining us. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe, share with a friend, or leave a review. And be sure to connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Laura Merkel Fitness and at Jarrett the Physio. We hope you enjoy the rest of your day and be sure to tune in next time for more Demystifying Wellness.